Welcome to Ram Brulee Gourmet Rambling. I'm your host, Quasi Joblo. Appreciate you guys coming back and listening. Today I'm going to be talking about uh, family with my biological brother, my middle brother. It's three of us. This is my middle brother, Marquise. So what's going on, man? Oh, man, it's going, man. I'm excited to do this episode. Yeah, man. It's because uh, we've had a lot of interesting experiences just in life and with family and just then after our mom passed we had our own you know that was interesting and then what we had to learn is men on our own and everything was pretty you know pretty crazy so what do you uh well it's not like i can interview you you know like everybody else say where you're from but what do you uh you know because we're from the inner city and you know so do you know us both being from the inner city do you ever think that if we ever grew up in the suburbs, it would have been different, or or would our family? Because you know, a lot of times I feel like we couldn't change anything because everybody was who they was, so it was going to make everybody where they were. You know, we had family members that just want some crazy stuff. We had family members who didn't want to get educated or mm-hmm. didn't want to do anything. So, like, what do you do? You think there was any? Uh, I don't know. Like just any fact, do you think it was only going to be the way it was, or do you think that it was going to? It could have been any other fact, like growing up in the suburbs, or if we, if our dad was around, do you think things would have just been the way they were, or are they, you know, just set in stone? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I talked to um, me and Kendra was talking about that last night. We was playing this question game, and um, I can't remember word for word, but I think it would have been different if we had our biological dad. Mm-hmm. Or if our stepdad in the house, you know, um, and grew up in a different neighborhood, because especially if we had a dad. You now I was telling Kendra yesterday when it came to track, I used to kind of envy people or be jealous of those who I went track with, who um, had a dad who yeah, was working, yeah. you know, working with them, and the dad was pushing them or. If they had their dad and their mom at the track me pushing them, you know, saying giving them getaway, and um, I remember um, this guy named um, David, man, he was like the fastest on the track team, and his mom and dad liked me, and I remember her mom asked me like, "Where's your mom or where's your dad?" I said, "Oh man, my mom had to work, and my dad, uh, you know, saying you have to, you you feel you kind of feel embarrassed." Yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, he was like, "Um, he at work, you know." Yeah, I haven't talked to him today. So, you know, her asking that, and it really made me think, like, man, I feel bad. And she was like, uh, you know, I'm here for you. Here's a getaway, my kids. You know, that kind of put a smile on my face, but it's different if your parents not there. You know what I'm saying? And um, and the question for growing up in a different neighborhood, I think it would have been different and went to a different school. And especially, like, you know, doing sports and academic, I felt like it would have been better because I feel like in a suburbs, they kind of poor and they kind of invest in you. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, especially with me wanting track, you know what I'm saying. There's some things I heard that what my coach did, you know, did to me, was uh, wasn't letting me know about certain colleges was looking at me. But I feel like if you had went to a white school and you good and college looking at you, they're like, yo, we're gonna invest in this kid. 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? We're going to get him to the school because if we get him to the school, then that funds our program. You know what I'm saying? Or however that works. But yeah, man, I think it would have been different. I think we would have grew up different. I think things would have been different. But I look at it that the way we grew up, it made us stronger. It made us better uh, parents and it made us, you know what I'm saying, husbands. You know what I'm saying? It just made us just, just better. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so people that may be listening and everything, um, you know, we, we, you know, we had, you know, our dad name is Ronald. My mom is Sonya. And, you know, we were born to them. My dad was in the military. We moved around a lot. Marquise, from what they say, he was, like, born basically up in the air. I was almost born in Germany. And Jeremiah was born in Texas. So we just moved around a lot. I mean, by the time I was in fourth, fifth grade, I had already lived in, like, four or five states and had seen so much stuff. My parents had divorced, though, and broken up when we were... Man, that was back second grade, third grade, or not even that, and they went their ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad, he was, you know, he had his issues and stuff like that, and, you know, it affected a lot of things. My mom had hers, too, and they would get into it a lot, and he ended up after he was not, a, you know, after they separated, he just wasn't around. And uh, we had a stepdad, and that had its own complications and stuff, and that picked up about second, third grade, and... And, you know, so we, but, you know, a lot of people don't know. I tell people, like, I grew up, like, I was a kid who, like, I was just telling my assistant this, like, well, you know, I grew up, like, people handing me 40 ounces when we used to live in Texas and stuff. And, like, you know, like little nigga drink this 40, like, you know, so I grew, I had a pretty hood experience. I was around pretty hood people, a lot of partying. It was the 90s. So I seen a lot of fighting, a lot of violence. Me and my brothers, because I was the oldest, so I had to look out for my brothers. And then we ended up just, they got old enough to where we had to look out for each other, you know. So we had interesting experiences, you know. We, you know, it wasn't always just like, you know, I guess for some people it was like, oh, not fitting in. And we had that stuff too. Like we had real life, like, problems with, like, you know, like violence or like drinking problems or you know things and as we got older my mom was kind of trying to get us through it so good and she was loving us through it and stuff i look back on it like man that was really crazy i didn't think i had a dysfunctional life but you know it was pretty crazy so do you think marquise would like you know because one of the more interesting parts of our family really came up when mom passed Mm-hmm. And you know how people went their own routes, and we don't have to use people's particular names and stuff, and all of this stuff. So you know, because I'm not trying to say nothing even negative about nobody. It's just the way it went. But you know, you can, you know, you I like you to kind of tell what happened. Like you know, we, you know, our mom is passing real bad of cancer, and our grandmother's not telling us. She's kind of keeping it away from me and my brothers only. She's telling everybody else in her clique knows what's going on with mom and how's it is and so a lot of things were just very hurtful so like from there like where do you pick up and where do you see family from the point where we were at you know going through through stuff about mom and then like our grandparents and aunties and uncles weren't maybe there on certain levels man what i um you know with that i feel like people deal with trauma and I think people don't know how to handle their trauma. And I think everybody, especially from the time my grandparents was growing up and our uncles. Yeah. And I think they had handled they I think people don't handle their trauma. And I think when you don't handle your trauma or you don't get therapy about it, you handle situations 
that could be toxic, you know, or it could be hurtful to other people. And I think that the way those things was handled was more out of their emotions. You know what I'm saying? I think it wasn't handled in a way of like, you know, they this is their mother, you know. That might be my sister or this might be my daughter, but this is their mother. They're going to be more hurt than anybody. And um, I feel like the way they was handling it was kind of stemmed from their trauma or power or whatever you want to say. You know what I'm saying? You want to um, look at it. You know, I was talking to uh, Kendra about that, about this, like, this trauma, just, you know what I'm saying, this family trauma. And, um, and I think that people want to use the word family and say, you know, we're family. But I think, you know, well, not think, well, family is a word, but family actually, actually is, you know what I'm saying, action. You know what I'm saying? We, it's, it's not just say you use that word and say, oh, we family. I could just crap on you anytime. But family is, you know what I'm saying? It's an action. It's an action of love. It's an action of treating people right. It's an action of, of even though you don't agree with this person, you know what I'm saying? You, you're still there. You know what I'm saying? You're there for them when they ups and downs, you know? And um, I just think that, you know, with mom passing, I think that it really showed people true colors. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It really showed people they, their hurt, their pain, their trauma. Yeah, revealed what they have yeah. been through. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... I hope I answered your question. Did I answer your, no, your I think question? you okay. did. Yeah, I think it, especially with saying about trauma because mm-hmm. like we were pretty innocently raised in the sense to where we had been through our own stuff within family and you know crazy stuff, but we hadn't experienced a lot of crazy stuff from the streets or you know we you know I mean we fought and regular stuff like that, but you know we really came to understand trauma from when my mother passed and then we started having run-ins with you know we would say like our elders and stuff Mm -hmm. and you know and not all of them just particularly my mom's father and uh, my mom's mother and it's not to try to paint them in any negative light like they did anything wrong or anything it's just more i don't really care about if they were wrong or not and stuff that they did it's just more so they were doing things like hiding information from us and making it seem like we didn't care about our mom and i remember my grandmother she went in and just kind of basically just raided our house and took stuff out of it and so she can have it so i don't know she i i don't know i don't know what maybe it was some stuff that people from her agent era are on or whatever but we weren't even really concerned about it. We were just really devastated that mom died. We didn't really know how to handle it. We were really kids. Happened when I was about 24 or 5 years old. And, uh, yeah, what were you, about 22? Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was 22 going on 23. Yeah, so I was about 24 or 5. And our youngest brother, he had to have been about, like, maybe 20 then, 1920. Yeah, he had to have been about 20 going on. No, he just turned 20. I think he just turned he had to be 20 or 21. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it was, we, it was, it wasn't far from our teens. You know, I would say yeah. that we was, we was pretty young. Yeah. So we, that was traumatic for us. You know, our mother died really horribly of cancer. And then I don't, I think the way we handled our mom dying, we wanted to, uh, it kind of came down to where we were, um, you know, they were telling us, like, hey, there's nothing we can do for your mother, so she's going to have to go to hospice. And they basically gave us two options. They were kind of like, hey, um, if she goes to hospice, she'll have everything she needs to be comfortable. She won't be in pain. You can do comfort and care from home. Mm-hmm. and uh, But she's going to be in pain because we can't do IVs from home. It's just not allowed. And so we weren't thinking anything. Well, all right, we'll put her in, you know, we'll go to hospice. And so 
my grandmother, she's a very religious woman too, and she just kind of jumps up and said hospice was this dark, evil place, and and uh, we were trying to put her someplace, and she believed in her mind that her belief in God would renew my mother, like, in a sense, heal her. And so we had to watch our mother be in pain. You know, we had to watch her be at home. And I was written, I don't think my, and my grandma with this religious belief, thinking that she was going to be the one to heal my mother. You know, a lot of people didn't. I don't even think my grandma, it was very traumatic for me to watch her, the way my mother was breathing, the way she was clinging to life, the way to have to see her and stuff. It was really hard and it was traumatic. And I really understand that. And as I got older, I realized that my grandmother had been, excuse me, had been through really traumatic things and herself so trauma to her wasn't even a sense that maybe even sometimes where she was trying to put it off on you that's just all she knew so we just experienced a lot of traumatic things around our mother dying and uh we you know it ended up being where we were just looked at like the bad guys because we wanted to put mom in hospice and religiously we didn't believe in god or my grandmother that she could take care of my grandma my, my mother and and so, you know, that was a lot of stuff that just made just the whole concept around my, our mother passing. So we really got a firsthand deal of what trauma was like at the hands of somebody who had been through a lot of traumatic things themselves. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you think, because uh, we, we was, you know, I'm a, my brother Marquise here, he's like a Christian. And, you know, he's giving his life to Christ and he handles things a certain way because, you know, he would want to get busy back in the day and. I really think because when this all went down, it was some arguments. We was ready to get busy about some things that was happening and all of that. Do you think that, um, do, you know, because the fact that I look back on that because we were arguing and fighting and everything, do you think there was anything we could have did to have made them seem that we weren't a problem? Because we really didn't do anything. We were just kids. We didn't mm-hmm. even know. This all came out of nowhere. We didn't know what to do. Do you think there was anything we could have did to make anything better? Um, it's like a toss in the air. It's like, to me, no. Because I, first, let me just say this: um, this guy named Ralph Ralph Ellis, he got this book called The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. I want to say that's the name. Yeah, Invisible Man. And he says something. He's talked about being invisible, and um. What he was saying about being invisible is that people refuse to see him. You know what I'm saying? And I think that sometimes I think we are all invisible to people. I think people only have this imagination about you. So they make this image about you. But they don't want to kind of try to see the pain or the or the things you're going through because we are invisible. You know what I'm saying? You can't see. You can't see people. You only can see my image, but you don't see what's going inside me. And I don't think that it would have changed nothing, because I think that everybody was, you know, what I'm saying, traumatized and everybody was hurt. And I think that sometimes people only have this imagination about you, so they might say, "Hey, you wasn't there for it." It's like, wait a minute, how you? How can you say that? You know what I'm saying? How, like, how can you say I wasn't there for her? Maybe you never looked at the reason why I was going somewhere. It wasn't because of my mom. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I was trying to find myself or maybe I was trying to get away from you or just from, you know what I'm saying, just from a certain place. You know what I mean? 
So and I think and I think that people are stuck with assumptions, and I think when people are stuck with assumptions, that it's hard to kind of show you know to try to change their mind because their mind's already made up. So I don't think that we could have changed nothing because I think that they were stuck in an assumption. I think they had their imagination about you know saying you know saying um uh, how we were you know saying to our moms, and I don't think it would have changed nothing because you know because of pride and. And their pain and their hurt, but I think the only way you could have changed something if everybody had sat down and just said, "Man, you know what? Let's be humble. You know, saying let's talk about how y'all feel, how you feel about mom, how you feel about your sister, how you feel about your mother. You know, I mean, your daughter. You know, saying or you know, saying you know, your mother. Let's talk about it. Let's sit down. What y'all want to do? You know, saying what you know, saying if we had made a decision as a family, I think that could have changed. But I just think too much power in one person's hand lifted so big. That it was small to everybody else, you know what I'm saying. And you brought up a particular topic I did want to bring up, and it was um the topic of like talking and communicating. Mm-hmm. Which at that point I realized that families don't talk at all because mm-hmm. mom talked to us. She talked to us about everything: sex, money, religion, whatever. She didn't prison. T- don't go to yeah. Like what happens in prison to men who go there? Like she talked to us about everything. So. In our household, and just in, just with my brothers and my mom, like we talked, like in a general sense, like you mm-hmm. know, in a sense of expressing ourselves, and it was expected that we do so. But I realized, gen- in a general sense of, ex- especially just family and the concept of it, families don't really talk about what's going on with themselves, and that's just such an interesting concept because, like, in that whole situation, it was you know. We we they we sat down and had certain discussions, I guess, with them. But I guess we've seen that when you know when people don't see things your way, you know what I'm saying? They're more likely to respond in a more volatile sense. And mm-hmm. so I really did under it's really confusing how people use the word family and say you know they use it to portray all this closeness and all this sense of uh, uh I don't know this sense of like like it's so like righteous or so pure you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but they never really seem to do anything with it beyond like what they can talk about or make it look like and that's not even aimed at anybody particularly in my family it's hearing about everybody else's family stuff and some of the things that go crazy people never really talk or express or some people i hear it's hard mm-hmm. for their mothers to even tell them that they love them it's like what in the world so it's so interesting how people need family like you know what do we need it for or why are people using it or why do you need people to be related to you or to be your brother or sister or aunt or uncle or whatever it is and then but people don't always seem to use that in a sense to get wisdom or to get love or to get guidance or i don't know a lot of the time a lot of time people are just using their title or whatever to just get over on people yeah you know um something just came to my mind like when you said about you know people do support family, and I think you know, family family is like a community. It's like everybody. It's like everybody get together and set everybody. You know, you setting up the next generation. The older should teach the younger generation, so they could teach the other generations coming up behind them. And that generation coming up behind them, they should teach that generation. You know, and um, and I think that when you're dealing with trauma, when you're dealing with issues from your past, and you never dealt with it, then you're gonna be toxic to the other generation. And then yeah. you know what I'm saying you're gonna you you know what I'm saying you're gonna say oh I love you, but it's gonna be conditional, not unconditional. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and I think that's what people. I mean, like like you said, like we ain't just talking about our family. I mean, I see this in shoot, my wife family, other people family. 
You know what I'm saying? People don't want to talk because it's for like talking. It's gonna be. It's like. It's like if somebody. It's like a. If you talk, somebody's gonna. It's like a gun. You know what I'm saying? Somebody just gonna. You know what I'm saying? Just if you talk about it, somebody's gonna die or something. You know I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to put it, but. No, I understand. But it's just like you know talking. It might hurt. You know what I'm saying? It might be painful, but sometimes when you're in the valley, you gotta go to the valley. You know what I'm saying? You gotta go. You gotta walk to that valley. You gotta walk to the valley. Of uh, darkness, you got to walk to it till you get to the mountaintop. You know what I'm saying? You just can't get to the mountaintop. You got to go to the valley. Yeah, you could get to the mountaintop. You catch a plane, but guess what? You're gonna, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna, you're gonna um, miss out on the things that you could have, you could have received. You know what I'm saying? That could be a blessing. You could have, you could have walked to the healing of, you know what I'm saying? Just, just breaking down walls that's in you. So when your next generation grow up, you breaking down their walls. You could tell them how to walk. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that. People use family in a way, or, or we got the same last name, or we're blood, and you know, or you know, saying uh, you my you my grandson, you my uh, you my nephew or niece, or or whatever. But I could crap on you, you know, saying then when you have a problem with it, it's just like man, this you know, saying this toughen up, you know. So I just think it's, a, it's abuse. Yeah, it becomes abuse. I think. I mean, you know. I remember I was, you know, I'm the older brother. I mean, I would punch on y'all or be rough with y'all. And, you know, y'all would get back. And it was never, it would be a point I never wanted to abuse, you know. I think you have that heckling thing that family Mm -hmm. does with each other and you fight or you do stuff. But I think especially when it comes to psychologically and emotionally, it just needs to be certain, like, sacredness to, like, certain lines you just can't cross or certain places you just can't Mm -hmm. go. And it just seems like family in general just seems to have it like well since i'm family there are no lines and i should be able to cross any line i want because we're family so i don't know it doesn't seem like family they you know we got beautiful parts of family too you know mm-hmm. it's not like it's not saying that we just we're bun- it's a bunch of hellions and stuff and beautiful people within family so it's just we're, more so this is even just to talk to the about the concept of family and you know how it's just something that I feel like really hasn't really been defined because I've grown to know that I've had people that I barely even knew treated me better than a lot of people that was in my family and I mean allow me into their home on a more mm-hmm. like, personable level than certain family had that was my own so I know that uh that family is something that like I think you say it's an action it's an agreement it's an understanding it's mm-hmm. beyond blood I think relation is relation is blood and there's strength and power in that, and I think there's, and I think that's where most of it should come from. I think people with their, you know, their bullshit kind of makes it hard for like that to be like, you know, what you're related to to be something sacred. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I really think that just like certain things just need to be sacred and like you know within family and not even just on like some religious level, just. You know, esteem, respect. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I always like how like Hispanic people how they call the little the little men. They call them poppy and stuff. They're like, you know, they call the little guy. They they really and that's why they're so esteemed. They get esteemed very well. And I just think mm-hmm. certain elements just need to be sacred to how you know you're treating the people that are going to come up after you. You know, mm-hmm. but you know, do you think that a uh, family is a uh, do you believe in family outside of a of bloodline, you know, and making other connections with other families that may not be related in people? Because I know I've, you know, you and Jeremiah are always people like, I'm just like, I always consider y'all like, I don't know, it's weird. I just consider it like one mind, one thought. It's like, oh, they're, they're automatically me, you know, we're just, 
uh, even if we're not on the same stuff, that's just, you know, I just always felt like we had to move as one. But um, do you feel, because I grew up and realized, I know when me and my assistant, we went out to L.A. and some mm-hmm. of her people let me in their home and was like, genuinely cool with me genuinely it was like it felt like i knew them for years you know and that just really taught me that there are people in your life that you know and even family doesn't always have to be up under each other Mm -hmm. you know there are people that maybe every time you see them every so often you'll you'll be received as family do you believe family outside of bloodline is legitimate yeah i do i do i break it down like this it's like when you marry your spouse you know she's not really actually your family she's not bloodline yeah. But you become one when you get married because she take your last name. So everything is like her family problems and your family problems come together. And it's like, but your wife or your husband, you know what I'm saying, they'll be the one to die for you. You know what I'm saying? They'll be the one to go to every problem. you. They know the darkest secret that you never told nobody. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They know your ups and downs. While you're smiling in somebody's face, that person is like, nah, that person hurting in the side. You know what I'm saying? So... I mean, I break it down like that. So, yeah, I do believe that because, you know, my wife, family, they help me out more than some, you know what I'm saying, some people in my family, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, like a grandparent or whatever, you know what I'm saying. But, you know what I'm saying, like you said, like I just look at you and Jeremiah, it's like, man, we're family, but our mom raised us differently, you know what I'm saying. She raised us how to be close. You know what I'm saying? And my wife always talk about that, that she love how me, you, and Jemaine is real close. But I think, you know what I'm saying, outside, like, like, and I don't know, it's kind of weird, but you know what I'm saying, just kind of outside of other people, you know what I'm saying, that's our family. I feel like sometimes people can treat you better than those who are your family, that are your blood or have your last name. Because, you know what I'm saying, because um, I just feel like some people who's inside your family could kind of use your your downfalls against you but there's some people who's outside your family is could build up your downfalls to make you better so yeah i i, I believe in it man I, I i totally do yeah and you know so i see where there's a lot of um because i've seen a lot of families to where you know it showed me because we weren't like poor but we weren't like like rich or anything so but I, I but also but I think we had a pretty decent life you know what I'm saying we didn't go through anything too crazy and you know you know we had certain types of encouragement and certain types of upbringing that really was very mannerable and very polite and decently spoken and stuff but it was crazy as I went out and even you know what particularly I would talk about was raising my own child you know what i'm saying showed me how dysfunctional a lot of things was with them like our family our household you know what i'm saying it wasn't even that like we weren't like you know i i don't know like it was i don't know even how to say like even say away from home like how school was you know and just sending our child to a school out from the suburbs and stuff and how they do things and living in the suburbs and how you function day to day and you know how you get involve yourself in certain things day to day to just just making putting such a gap between how you were raised it's just like a lot of the things that i see a lot of the time we were raised in certain types of dysfunction i think every family has their dysfunction i don't think that but you know it was just sense of a man and a woman being under the same roof and, and not being a bunch of craziness going on or 
you know, people focusing on financial advancement, building, you know, your dreams and, you know, being around other people doing so, like living in the hood. Well, that's probably another thing I want to talk about is living in the hood mm-hmm. as far as what it's about, how it affects the concept of family in general. Because I think that's what I was getting at overall, because living at in the hood, living in a hood just seems to have such a warped take on to what is a man, what is a woman. They get together, they have children. They have a family. It's just like one, a lot of it is just non-existent. A real actual family is non-existent in the hood. And so what do you think about that? Um, can you elaborate? So like in a sense of just uh, how do you think like with the hood mm-hmm. and all the things that we went through in the hood and all the things we knew other families went through in the hood and then getting out of the hood. And, you know, living in our own good neighborhoods, meeting people from all over types of different families and neighborhoods and all this other stuff, suburbs, or even some people from the inner city. How do you think the hood affect, how did you think the hood affected our family? That's probably more so what I should ask. The thing, I think the hood affected our family by thinking inside the box, not thinking outside the box. I think it was more like a person in the hood is going to tell a person to go to college to make money in the sense of of getting everybody out or, yeah. or, or bragging but a person outside the hood who's living in the suburbs is going to tell that person to go to college because it's like hey you know saying better yourself don't you know saying better yourself make a better life for yourself or or um that that makes the family name good, you know. Say it's carrying on that family legacy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I feel like in a, it's like okay, it's like in the NBA. What they say was seventy five percent, eighty percent, eighty percent of the NBA players are black, and then they said most of those are black came from the hood, from single mother's home. So think about it. So if, if your if your son or daughter are good in the sports and they came from the hood, you're more like. If somebody put a million dollars in front of you and said, look, if your son could come out of high school, he could make this amount of money. You're not going to tell him to go to college for four years. You're going to say, no, go go get that money. And or that person individually going to say, I'm going to go get this money because if I get this money, I could take my family out the hood. But then you hear some people from the suburbs, they'll go to college and get their degree. You know what I'm saying? And go to like the NFL, the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Because they have a backup plan. But I think the hood affected us in more of a, in a way of of think inside the box. In a way, go get that money. But then what if you get hurt and you're not that good? And then you get kicked out of the NBA. You have no sense of like, yeah. you know, you have no... Outside of just being a talent, you have yeah. no credentials. You have no like, no ask, no way of... Uh, yeah, and as I got older and as I, you know, as I got older, because when we were, I mean, even in college, I say, like, man, if I could go to the NBA, if I was, I'd get the hell up out of college and go straight to the NBA. But when you get out, mm-hmm. you see it's really good to, like, well, so when you're done being that talent, you may need to be able to, you know, be able to apply that and develop programs for people. Or you may be able to, you know, do something in the community and because you won't be able to be Michael Jordan forever or you won't be able to be you know Allen Iverson forever you'll have to Mm -hmm. have certain type of credentials
potentials to be able to run a business or to be able to do something outside of that. And people from the hood just kind of just took the money and ran with it. So yeah. I think the inside of the box you're trying to say is just the sense of just only seeing money and not being able to say to see the like the fullness of life and see all the other components that you need to make mm-hmm. life work. Because I know living in the hood, we just all I, I all we saw all I knew was lack of money and rich. Because that's the one thing you want. You know, mm-hmm. you sitting there, you living with, and you don't you see people with Mercedes, and you got this, or you see people with mansions, and you got whatever you got. The hood, I think, really affected families in the more sense of just that everybody was living in a state of lack and a state of survival. So you go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you true. You know, that's um, that's true. And 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 um, and and one thing I think about, you know, coming from the hood, and me, you had me and you and Jemaya talked about, is that invest. Like we, you know, we get we get older to the point. Um, they learn about oh man to find investments you know what I'm saying or investing in our skills or investing you know in ourselves and I think that's one thing about the hood I think we're trying it's like coming from the hood you're like man I'm gonna get a degree that's gonna make me money but okay so like you make that money or so like you come you know saying so you come you, you go to the NBA even though you went to college for a year and you get that NBA and you get to the NBA and, and a lot of people say like, oh man, I never learned about investments. Only that I was just bought was cars, buying this, buying this, buying this. But to some people from the suburbs was taught, hey, yeah, make that money, but also invest because think of the future. So when you think of the future, like don't think just at the moment. Think, think, think ten steps ahead of basically saying like, okay, you make you make a million, try to buy a property, try to get this, invest, invest in stock or invest. And so when you invest, it, okay. If you get hurt, you're like, oh, I'm making money from this business. Or when you retire, you have a money coming in. And I think that's what the hood is like, kind of just showed us. It's like, man, try to live for the moment. So then when you get older, that's why you have a lot of the people get older that have no retirement. Or they have no nothing that they invested in. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. And so, you know, living in the hood really did bring... Uh a sense of like you know when I look back now because I look back and it's like I really enjoyed the hood and what it made because it wasn't like we were living like in the thick of being like in those street stuff and then but we had to go deal with the street stuff to go play basketball or to go to school or to hang out or to play outside amongst the other kids so you had to have some sense of toughness or whatever mm-hmm. but when I I enjoyed being tough I enjoy in the sense you have to be fearless to be in the hood you have to know what you're going to do or not do and just do it so there's certain things I look back on the hood and like, man, I got that. But when I look at the, you know, I think maybe individually, but when I look at the whole of the family and the stuff like that that was going on, there were just a lot of things that were just in lack. You know, it mm-hmm. was like it was just no sense of like, you know, communication on a lot of levels or a sense of like respect for what is mental health. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't like it's not saying that we didn't care about mental health at all and we were just crazy, but it was just it was it's it's healthy to talk or it's healthy to cry you know in the hood you know it's it's, a, it's blasphemy to cry and so mm-hmm. one thing that always tripped me out about being in the hood is how easy it was for people to just say oh well, i had a baby but it didn't work out but we just doing our own thing and it's like man that's like so for the baby that means it has no two people it can relate to is in the sense of like love or unity it doesn't even understand unity and so you know he or she just child so it, I don't know, man. The hood takes away from a lot of things with family, and when but when people function and do it right, it adds to a lot of good things. You know what I'm saying? Because 
like Norris Cole, who went to the NBA and played with LeBron James, it always seemed like he had a real good family. Everybody mm-hmm. were real decent people. So it's not saying like in the hood. It's just if you let it get, because I mean, from the suburbs, it seemed like families out here is pretty wild too. You know what I'm saying? They, they on some crazy. Too. Yeah, they got some crazy issues. So it just seemed like there are just more resources, but. Yeah, I think the hood definitely had an impact on how we saw family, and I think it impacts a lot of what how people see family. And I think I, I think family is just one mind to want to go forward. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it. And it, yes, it may be some scientists in there, maybe some actors, it may be some some weed smokers, it may be some Christians, it may be some Buddhists. But I believe mm-hmm. when you've decided to be a family. Whether you even understand each other or not, I just think it has to do with just taking things forward. Like, how can you take your love and respect? How can you take your understanding of each other? It's just that hand-in-hand take of we're going forward. You know what I'm saying? I think that applies to gangsters. I think that applies to basketball teams. Like, whatever. Any type of person who has chosen to be a family, I think it's like, well, we're going to go forward. And we're going to, you know, trust each other because... Our sense of family just really got hold up of like there was no go forward. It was just kind of just stopped. It was like we, especially when mom died, it was like, hey, it's just this is what it is, and if you don't go with what this is, mm-hmm. there's no go forward. So yeah, I think that's what really robbed us was that sense of that. Yeah. Um. To kind of piggyback off the hood and and just speak about this, you know, just growing up and family. I think that whatever environment you grew up in. It's like it's like if you grew up in if you grew up in an environment and you've never seen anything outside of that environment, that's the only thing you know, that's what you become. So it's like if a person like from a suburb sees see go to France or you know what I'm saying, see different countries, you know, they're gonna have more of, of a create pipe, more think think more outside of the box or be more creative or have better uh chance to have a, a better um, better resource than a person who lives in a hood who's only sees the hood or you know what I'm saying or only sees promise them to see Dayton but they never see anything outside of Dayton or outside of Ohio and then you know what I'm saying I just think that you become your environment if you never step outside of your environment to be uncomfortable because I think that we're comfortable in a certain environment that we're in. It's like we went to Metadale. Metadale was mostly all black. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So only thing we know was black. But then when you go to somewhere that is like dominant white or a different diverse, you get uncomfortable because you're like, man, I'm not used to this. You know what I'm saying? I had to, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, talk to him. You know, me and my wife talked about that. She went to Inglewood. Inglewood is more, I mean, I think it's coming more. Um, Diverse, but it's more of a suburb of you know, saying more of a suburb. And uh, some things she told me, I'm like, oh man, I never experienced that. Especially some of the things that she, well, her family went to. She went to Disney World. I never seen Disney World, so it's like that's my goal to go. Hers like, oh, I've been there before, or she been on a cruise. So it's like it 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 helps me that to hear her was her stepping outside of her environment and being outside, you know, saying going out. Traveling is like, man, I want to travel. You know, I'm going to go outside the country. But I think a lot of times, with some of us are scared because we it makes us uncomfortable. And I think we get used to what we're comfortable in. I think that we have to step out of our comfort zones 
you know what I'm saying, outside of hood or you know what I'm saying, if you live go live in the suburbs, you know what I'm saying, but don't take what you know to the suburbs or take what you know to a different country. You know what I'm saying? Find yourself and you know what I'm saying, be you know what I'm saying, find yourself and be who you are because you're not the hood, you're not the suburbs. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you just gotta know who you are and and step outside that comfort zone. And I think that's what people use family for in general is like a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I think people, um, they, uh, it's something that they, because, you know, family in a sense, I think, because a lot of people want that sense of, you know, nostalgia or that sense of something hasn't changed. And I think family is like the one thing that's always going to give like that feeling. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's always there or it always feels like Christmas or, you know what I'm saying? Or this or that. And I think for comfort zone, it, and, and family I think is a good thing and to have that zone but I think especially in the hood it can be dangerous because it causes you to have you want to stay because you know in, in the hood a lot of times people don't have and this is people listen to this especially white people that's not from the hood I don't want people to think it and go all people are like this it's just these are the we experienced we experienced a rougher part of the hood in certain not in the roughest of it but we had certain things that just happened and it was from the hood so this is not speaking for every black experience and this is not speaking for every person that's lived in the hood but we just was from the part of the hood where we went through crazy stuff so but i think a lot of people in the hood they they experience that comfort zone and that's the only thing they know even if their family's dysfunctional and crazy you know what i'm saying that's the only thing they know and they just kind of stay there you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. they kind of just kind of stay stuck and uh even though their family may be messed up and stuck because the world outside seems scarier you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. they, it's scary to go out in the world and try to be by yourself or try to deal with things in a new way and uh yeah family becomes like a death trap sometimes if you don't know how to you know use the concept of family you know yeah and and that's and that's us you know saying like family family gets to be a you know i think people use family as just like a blood vegetative or or just you know just oh like i said blood vegetative and um i think family just is a big community you know saying it could be your friends it could be people at your job you know what i'm saying it, it, it it could be anything. I don't think it had to do something with blood, you know. Um, because I listened, um, I can't remember. I think it was the locks, and um, they was talking about how when they made it, they took some people with them to different cities because they never seen different. You know, they only seen New York. You know, what I'm saying oh, they see Yonkers. They never been outside the city, and they took them to different countries. They took them overseas so they could see certain things that could make them see those things and get a, I want to say if I'm saying the white word epiphany to say oh man they want to do better because they know if they had stayed in that city they would have been in prison or they would have been dead that's family you know what I'm saying this is not their blood that's family you know what I mean they're like yo I want to make this person I want to help this person man I want to make this person see what I see I don't want to go by myself and get this and not you know what I'm saying take my take my take my wolf dogs my best friend or Whoever with me not see this because I see it. I want them to see it too. I want to make them better. And to me, that's family. Somebody who will make you better. Someone help you grow. You know what I'm saying? To me, that's that's family. You know what I'm saying? I think family is just not just a word. It's like I said, it's a it's an action. It's a yeah. it's a way you do things. You know what I'm saying? It's a way how you help somebody because some people could be not your family help you more than anybody 
been your life for 40, 50 years, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really is, man. I've had people in my life that I feel like just became family that, and, like, if it would have been me back in the hood, I would have never saw it being like that because, um, mm-hmm. like, family became something. I only, you know I me, mean? I've always only dealt with who either I was related to or who I was really, really cool with. I've never really done like small talk kick it with people and um but just getting outside of that and just being a photographer i think and going out in the world and having to deal with people it just showed that some people just will really appreciate you and offer them themselves to you in just a real just decent no strings attached just as genuine from the hard manner and i think that's just something that you know just really matters that pe- i think everybody should understand that too because i don't think humans were on the planet you know to just all mingle amongst what they know i think there are so many things we need to learn from so many different types of family even within black families there's so many things to know so there's Mm -hmm. things we can learn i don't believe that the white man should prevail over the black man or the black man the white man i think we should prevail in our own right but then i think we should get together we should learn from each other we should exchange some things i think just think that's what it should be like I think family is so that you can also exchange with other families you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and then because you have to do that when you give your you know your son or daughter away in marriage and stuff and like that you have to exchange family and do all of that so I, yeah, I think that's what it's for with everybody you know so yeah but. you know it's so crazy I was thinking about that on my way over here it's like it's like it's always got to be a winner or a loser and if you think about it it's like you got the black versus white. You got the you got Republican versus Democrat. You got unvaccinated versus uh vaccinated. You mm-hmm. got you got you got said name. You got the Johnsons versus the Smiths. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I feel like it's always a like a like a battle. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I feel like it's like a family. If we get off that that battle, you know what I'm saying? Or just in just in general, into some life, we get off that battle. We could make things better. We could see a better world. We could see things. I mean, everything ain't going to be perfect. You're going to have your issues, but I feel like you can see things just come together. Everybody work together. You know what I'm saying? Even like in this, um, the world we live in today, if everybody get off the battle of you dish, you dish, you dish that, I feel like we can make things better. I feel like we can make, you know, make people safer. I feel like we could come together and say, hey, you know what? You know what? Um... You might be a Democrat, you might be a Republican, but thank you, you know, we could work on this issue together. You know what I'm saying? We could work on this together and make things better for people. You know, or if or in a family say so like, you know, you got you got you got a spouse. You know, one might be Johnson, the other one might be a Smith, but you may be into the Johnsons, but guess what? The Johnsons and Smith could work together to build a community. Like they say, well, it takes a village to raise a kid. You can help this kid that is part of both bloodline, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. So if one comes in together and say, "Man, let's 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 come together, let's work together, and let's build together." Then you'll make a better future for the next generation. But it's more like kind of sometimes, and I'm not saying everybody, but it's sometimes like, "Oh, that's the Johnsons. We'll let the Johnsons be the Johnsons. Oh, that's the Smith. We'll let the Smith be the Smith." Yeah. And then when y'all get together, uh, like at a one party, the Smith speak to the Smiths and Johnson speak to the Johnsons, and it's like, "Wait, man, we." Maybe you need to get out of your comfort zone and go speak to the Smith because you might looking for something. So like somebody's um, looking for help in getting a job. That Smith might know somebody who, who could get you that job. So you never know, you know what I'm saying? You know, I just think it's a team thing. It's a team builder. You know, LeBron can't lead a team by himself. He got to have, you know what I'm saying? He have to have other people, and that's why they call themselves among, uh, uh, amongst each other family. 
because they talk, they, you know what I'm saying, they go through the ups and downs, and this person there for that person, this person there for this person, when they got issues, they there for them, so it's it's like, so you can't have LeBron versus the Lakers, you, you know what I'm saying, LeBron gotta be as a unit with them, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, even though they all got last name, they gotta be a unit, and that's how championships are won, you know, so. Yeah, I understand, yeah, using, yeah, so. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I think we've talked a little bit and everything going along. I really appreciate it. And the family is in action is a is a is a really good way of rapping, you know, given the la- the wrap up of all of this is that it's an action and we kind of rambled on a lot about different stuff, but that's kind of how we talk in general. That's, you know, and just rambling on about stuff, but yeah, family is in action and we you know, I really do believe that family is to take something forward and it's to be able to make the way for the future. Mm -hmm. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace.